morning. Uh, this Thursday, we have adjusted the schedule slightly due to a conflict in scheduling. Uh, we have moved the senior luncheon, which was going to be a week from this Thursday, to this Thursday. Uh, so we're moving it up one week. That'll be this Thursday. And we're going to go down to Lambert's and Sykeston. Uh, the reason we had to move it was we have nursing home uh, meetings the next week, and the time that we would have to leave to get to Lambert's would have conflicted with that. And so uh, this Thursday uh, at 9.30, Thursday at 9.30, uh, we'll be leaving the church and all of our seniors that would like to go down uh, to Lambert's with us and have a good meal and have an enjoyable time of fellowship together, we'll do that. <coughs> and uh, if you're not quite a senior yet, but you have the time to go, we'll be glad to have you go with us. And uh, we don't check IDs, so you're welcome to go with us. Uh, down there, and that'll be this Thursday at 9.30. We'll get down there just before the lunch rush, Lord willing, and uh, get in there without having to wait in a long line. So just wanted to remind you of that. All right, uh, Brother Keith, could you grab that door right there? I don't think it came all the way shut, and it's kind of opening and shutting for me. Uh, also, uh, we're going to take prayer requests and, th- and uh, praises this morning. If you have something to be thankful for or something you need us to pray for, uh, we'll be glad to do that. We've got a lot of things, I think, to be praying for this morning. Yes, sir. Okay, pray for the folks with the rain. They're still recovering. We don't want to forget the people, even though the hurricanes passed. The, some of those folks are going to be recovering for over a year, I'm sure. And so continue to pray for those that were affected by the hurricane here a few months ago. Yes, ma'am. Miss Pam? Okay, all right. And pray for mom and dad? Okay. All right, so we'll pray for them. Brother Richie? Yes, continue to pray for Miss Linda. Uh, Still battling some things. She is doing better uh, this morning. She looked a lot better this morning than she has the last couple weeks, but continue to pray for her. Um, Also, we had mentioned uh, Brother Larry Clark uh, was admitted to the hospital Wednesday and um, went up to see him Thursday morning. They thought they were going to release him Thursday. He ended up having to have some surgery. And so uh, we went, uh, Jonathan and I went down and got Miss Joanne for him and brought her back up here uh, for the surgery on uh, Friday, uh, early, or Thursday, no, Friday early morning. And then all the days have run together here. Um, and then he went home yesterday afternoon. So things are doing better uh, with the surgery um, but the reason he needed the surgery is there were some complications with some of the cancer. And so uh, continue to pray for him. It's, it's not looking like things are getting better. I don't want to say they're getting worse, but they're not getting better. And so continue to pray uh, for Brother Larry and his cancer. And uh, he is not, he's not doing traditional treatment on that. He's done a little bit of radiation. He's done six rounds of radiation treatment but uh, it's not going to pursue any chemotherapy or anything along those lines. So uh, pray for that, if you would. Uh, he is home and uh, resting comfortably now, so uh, pray that God will give him some strength and get him back on his feet. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Miss Kim? Amen. Yeah. Okay. Amen.
Okay. Okay. Amen. Amen. <coughs> okay. All right. Okay, so pray for these and uh, also for the, especially for the Uber driver that uh, Miss Kim's been talking to uh, and uh, that God would open that door. And uh, also, uh, good answers to prayer. We thank the Lord for uh, Mary and the answer to prayer there, uh, her friend that we've been praying for that has breast cancer. Uh, also, while I'm thinking about when you mentioned Mary, uh, Mary Buckle, who texted me uh, yesterday late evening, and their whole family is down with the bug, and she wanted to make sure that we knew that they were down with the bug and not just playing hooky from church. Uh, so pray for the Buckaloo family. And this is, I think, about the third or fourth family this year already early in the season that I have heard of that have had the bug go through their family. And so uh, pray for them, if you would. They're on the downhill side of it, but they felt like they didn't want to be contagious and spread it to the church this morning. So pray for them, if you would. Brother Ron? Yes. Amen. 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 And I, I just want to say this as your pastor, too. Uh, we certainly need to pray for our government and our officials and our country, but I don't want us to ever get to the point where we think that God's not still in control. Uh, he does still know what's going on. And the truth is, if, if this is the last times and this is the end times, uh, we ought not be surprised by it. Uh, we see in, see in Scripture it's got to happen. Uh, it may disappoint us, but um, uh, we ought not be surprised by it, but we certainly ought to be praying. And so I appreciate that request this morning especially. So, Miss Jennifer? Yes. Uh, Miss Linda is doing better today, but she is at a point where uh, she's asked me to help locate another driver for our bus routes on uh, Sunday morning. And uh, we usually go to My Place Residential and Scenic View. We pick up uh, the folks from My Place and Miss Lorna and Miss Cordy and Brother Scott are out at Scenic View. And um, so we just need somebody to two, two stops uh, there and back. And uh, we need somebody that could drive that uh, bus for us. It does not require a CDL uh, because it's only a 14-passenger and so uh, if you're able to do that and you have a decent driving record, <laughs> that's kind of critical. Uh, if you have a bunch of tickets and suspended license, we're probably not going to be able to use you for that. But, um, so anyway, if, you're, if you pray about that and you feel like the Lord would have you do that, it probably would not be every week. It would just be on weeks that she is not able to do it uh, in, or somebody that would go along with her perhaps uh, for a few weeks to learn how, how she does it and where they go and be on standby in case she needs somebody. So if uh, you'd be praying about that, certainly make that a matter of prayer also. Brother Richie? Yes, continue to pray for uh, Brother Chris and uh, for that. Who is that now?
Okay, he's going to have to have surgery on it. Okay, so pray for him. And uh, he's one of the folks out at the uh, My Place residency. Yes, ma'am, Miss Lorna? Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, Richie mentioned that. In fact, we had a word of prayer downstairs this morning for her. Uh, but Miss Cordia is not doing real well. She's not feeling real well. Uh, we were out there Thursday and saw her, and she was getting her nails done. But even then, she seemed a little bit quiet and kind of toned down a little bit. So pray for her. Uh, it's not like her to, to miss. Uh, so pray for uh, Miss Cordia. And she's the lady that, if you don't know her, she's the lady that sits in the back in the wheelchair usually. Uh, so if you would pray for her. Miss Linda? Okay. 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 Elias. Okay. And what's your husband's name? Art. Okay. So pray for these two if you would. Uh, while I'm thinking about it too, uh, some of you may know the Miller and the Brannon family out at Second Baptist. Um, they lost a nephew and cousin uh, this week. He was 36 years old, I think they said. Uh, choked, uh, went to sleep, and something happened where he choked to death. And he's got uh, some little kids, uh, little uh, his children, younger kids. And so pray for that family, if you would, the Miller family and Brandon family uh, during this time. And uh, that uh, God would give some grace and comfort there. Yes, ma'am. Ms. Donna. Amen. Yes. Okay. Sure. Right. Yeah, so continue to pray for her as well. Absolutely. Good to see Brother James back from his cold trip. So, did the trip go okay? Was it cold enough for you? <laughs> cold enough. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, good to have you back safe, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the trip. Jonathan? Yes. Uh, Destin, uh, what's his last name? Pippin. I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, Destin Pippin's grandpa. Is his grandpa or great-grandpa? I think it's his grandpa. Uh, that he lives with. Uh, he's had congestive heart failure uh, this past week or so and has been in the hospital, and they finally sent him home. Uh, they did diagnose him with sclerosis of the liver and uh, have given him about six months. And so if you would pray for that family. Destin's being raised by his grandma and grandpa, uh, and so uh, this is going to be quite a blow to the family. And so if you would pray for maybe God's healing and uh, postponing this and, and allowing uh, Brother Pippin to be um, be able to to survive for a while yet and still be an influence on his grandson. So pray for that family, if you would, please. Alex.
Okay, your roommate's really sick. Okay, so we'll pray for her. And what's her name? Crystal? Okay, I didn't catch all that, but I guess the Lord will know that one, right? So, all right, anyone else? Miss Linda? Okay. Amen. Yes, amen. And I, I messed up last week and said the 10th in the bulletin, but it is the 24th that we'll be packing those. So anything that is perishable that we need to bring in will come in on that day. Okay? Very good. Yeah, so anything perishable would come in on that day. Yeah. Amen. 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 And and all the junior church kids. <laughs> they do a lot of work. Absolutely. They help pack them up and absolutely organize it. Yes. So, all right. Carol? Who is that? Cindy? Cindy. Okay. So pray for her. Okay. All right. So pray for her. All right. Anyone else? Well, a lot to pray for today. Amen. That's good. I'm glad we know we can come to the Lord. Amen. And thank the Lord for that. Let's bow our heads in prayer and ask for his blessing on these. Father, we are thankful for the privilege to come to you in prayer. We're thankful that uh, you give us a peace and a comfort in bringing our burdens to you. And there are some here this morning that uh, have walked in here with very heavy hearts. Others that are not able to be with us today that are going through some sicknesses and recoveries of things and illnesses that, Father, they need your hand of healing upon them, and they need strength, and they need comfort and grace. And so, Father, I pray that you would help in each of these areas. Lord, so many this morning that were mentioned, and too many to name by name, but yet you know each and every one of them. And I pray that you would help us to uplift them throughout this week. And uh, then, Father, that we would be willing to give you the honor and the glory and to rejoice in the outcomes, realizing that you have had your will accomplished in each of them. We do pray that you'll bless the service this morning, and Lord, may you speak to our hearts. At the onset, I pray that you would help our hearts to be yielded to your Holy Spirit. 
And Father, I know that we're a very needy people today and that we cannot do anything or accomplish anything by way of your word this morning without you giving your aid and your power and your strength, your understanding to us. And so, Father, I do pray that you would bless the services and the teaching times and that your word would go forth and do its effective work in our hearts, that it would accomplish the things that you would long for in our lives that would draw us nearer to you, that would help us to be more of what we ought to be for you. And, Father, that we would then be excited about these things and be able to go and reach others also with the same truth that we have been taught. Give us doors of opportunity. And, Lord, already just this week two or three people have mentioned the opportunities that they have had to share gospel, a gospel message with someone and what a joy that has been to see and to hear the reports And we do pray that you would continue to open those doors. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to see fruit and fruit that remains. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All righty. You know, I was thinking of this little chorus the other day. I'd like to sing it this morning. The Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. And uh, if you know it, sing it with us. If not, just kind of hum along, all right? The Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. The Lord is good, tell it that others may know. Tell of His blessing and tell of His love. Tell how He's coming from heaven above. The Lord is good, tell it wherever you go. And I'll tell you, I'm thankful that it's just part of who He is, aren't you? Uh, It's not something He does outwardly, it's just part of who He is. And um, then I thought of another chorus. How many of you remember the tune to Old Smokey? Y'all, y'all know that tune? Uh, Old Smokey on top of Old Smokey. Y'all, y'all don't know that one? Everybody's looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. Some of you know it. Well, somebody years ago wrote new words to it that says, I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm reading my Bible, believing God's Word. My sins are forgiven. I'm happy and free. A heaven and mansion. Uh, uh, a mansion in heaven, excuse me, is waiting for me. So uh, if you know the tune, let's see if we can sing that one this morning, okay? I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm reading my Bible, believing God's Word. My sins are forgiven. I'm happy and free. A mansion in heaven is waiting for me. Isn't that a good song? I'll tell you, we need to learn some of these. They're good for us as we go throughout our week sometimes. You get a little song in your head in the morning and think about it throughout the day. And uh, be help, help to encourage and brighten your day. So I uh, hope that will be a help to you. All right, let's look in Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter number 28. By the way, while I'm thinking about it, uh, I was asked last week, and we have done this uh, a couple of times here already at the church. <coughs> but we are going to, uh, the uh, night before Thanksgiving, of course, is a Wednesday night, always is. Uh, it's interesting how that works out since Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday. But um, uh, we're going to go ahead and move that service to Tuesday, and we're going to do it earlier in the evening and have a, an evening uh, potluck Thanksgiving dinner uh, with our church family and then a Thanksgiving service right after that on Tuesday night instead of Wednesday uh, because we do have a few families that do like to travel and go to uh, some other family members' home on Thanksgiving Day. And so that will give them an opportunity to travel on Wednesday if they need to. 
and will give us an opportunity as a church to join together in fellowship and to have an actual Thanksgiving service together without half of us being gone for it. So I want to encourage you on that. That will be on November the 26th, and that will be at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, evening. And so I want you to come, bring uh, enough food for yourself and perhaps one other person, and we'll just throw it all together and have a thank you. You can bring turkey if you want. You can bring ham. Uh, you can bring whatever it is the Lord lays on your heart, corned beef and cabbage, I don't know, you know whatever you got, okay? Uh, steaks, uh, ribs, uh, <clears throat> no one in particular, just mentioning to this corner of the auditorium ribs, and uh, uh, you know maybe some apple pies and things like that that are very delicious at this time of year, so... Uh, but anyway, that'll be on November the 26th, and I want you to go ahead and mark your calendars for that, and that will be our Thanksgiving service this year uh, right after the meal. And by the way, let me just say this, um, I'd love to see us invite other people to it, and uh, if you want to invite your neighbors, your friends, people maybe that don't go to church, uh, it be a great time to reach out to the community and invite other people to come and be a part of it, and so uh, certainly invite other folks to come and be a part of that Thanksgiving service with us and uh, the time of uh, fellowship and food together. All right, Genesis chapter 28. Are we there yet? That was a hard book to find, wasn't it? We've only been in it for the last few weeks and months. (coughs) We spent three weeks in in Genesis chapter 27, (coughs) have dealt with the failures of a father. We've seen the the sneakiness of uh, Rebecca and how she has kind of schemed to have some things happen here. Uh, we've seen the anger of Esau, uh, how he responded inappropriately and, uh, to these things. And uh, we've pretty well, in the, in the two chapters that deal with Isaac, uh, we've, we've kind of watched as he has been a, 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 quite a bit of a failure as far as parenting his boys were concerned. Uh, in fact, the things that seemed to uh, rejoice his heart and things that used to give him joy uh, were things of the flesh. They weren't spiritual matters. We don't see a whole lot of uh, spiritual leadership from Isaac. Uh, and then we get to chapter number 28. We're going to look just this morning at the first four or five verses here. We might get down a little bit below that if time will allow. But I want us to look uh, very quickly at verse number 1. We'll read down through about verse number 4 or so. And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Pandarum, the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee. Uh, to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Pandarum unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Uh, We find here that, that there is a distinct difference of the Isaac that we see in chapter number 28 and the Isaac that we have seen for the previous two chapters. Because if all of all of the failures that Isaac had with regarding to the spiritual leadership of the home, we find as we get to chapter number 28 that he gives Jacob a charge that is really a great charge. If you look at it and you look at the verses that are given here, you say finally at the end of his life, 
At the time where he's, his vision is already dimmed, he knows this is probably the last thing that he's going to give to his son that is going to be of substance to him. These are kind of the, the last thoughts, uh, kind of like when Paul wrote uh, the second epistle to Timothy. Uh, I believe personally that, that Paul was very, very near death's door and probably understood and knew that and knew that these are kind of the, the final charges, the final words that he could give to Timothy. I think this is where we find Isaac at this time. And, and I want to just point out this thought that it, it's a shame that it took almost all of Isaac's life to get to the place where he began to realize the significance and the importance of teaching his young people, his children, his boys that he had spiritual things and to look at the things from a, a spiritual perspective. Up until now, everything has been around uh, loving venison and loving the outdoors and, and loving the fact that his son excelled at these things. And we kind of see Isaac being uh, loving Esau, not because he was a spiritual leader, not because he was a young man of character, not because he was a man who grew in stature and in approval uh, with God and man, but he loved Isaac for one thing, and that was for his venison, the thing that could feed the flesh. And we find so much of failure of Isaac until we get to chapter 28. And it's interesting for me to note, and it, as I've grown in years and I've, I've watched other people that grow in years and they get to the end of life, we tend to start thinking of things that really are important, aren't they? Isn't it amazing that when we're younger and we feel like life is before us that we feel like we can deal with the spiritual matters later on? We feel like I'm going to go out here and I'm going to go ahead and live the way I want to live and I'm going to enjoy life now while I can. And later, later, I'll start thinking about the things of the Lord. And the sad fact of this story as we read about it is that Isaac waits until really it's almost too late. He waits until the time that he has to influence his son is almost past. And in fact, I don't know that the impact that he had on Jacob at this point in his life is anywhere near to the impact he would have had had he started teaching Jacob these things from a young age. He starts off in chapter 28, and I, I, I want you to understand this, that uh, Isaac does not send Jacob away. Now, now follow me on this, and I, I didn't really see this until I started studying chapter 28. But Isaac did not send Jacob away because he was afraid of what Esau was going to do. You won't find anywhere in chapter 28 that that's Isaac's reason for sending Jacob away. Now, now Rebecca's a different story, isn't she? she? She's scared to death of what Esau's going to do. Esau says, I'm going to kill him. When, when Dad dies, he better watch out. I'm going to kill him. But Isaac doesn't fear Esau. And I believe this. I, I, I can't prove this, but I think this, that... Isaac understood and knew that because he had given the spiritual blessing to Jacob, that there was a certain protection that God would put around Jacob's life, having the blessing of God upon his life. And I think that there's something to be said for that. And the fact that Isaac, even though he had failed all those years as a father, that he still understood the blessing of God on a man's life. But I want you to notice what it was that did scare Isaac. And look with me, if you will, in verses 1 and 2. And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan, 
Arise, go to Pandarum, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. I want you to understand that while Esau did not cause fear to come into the heart of Isaac over Jacob, the fact that, I, that Jacob might marry wrongly scared him to death. This was something that he did not want. Remember back a couple of chapters ago, the Bible says that Esau went and he married uh, uh, some folks that were not the right kind of people to marry. And the Bible said that it brought sorrow to the heart of Rebekah and Isaac. And, and now it's time for Jacob to get married. And Isaac is not fearful of what Esau's going to do to him, but he is fearful uh, of Jacob marrying wrongly. And I want us to think about this for a few moments this morning, about the importance of marrying right. And I know in the situation that I'm in personally, I have some firsthand experience of knowing that this is a very, very critical thing, that we marry rightly, that we understand that we are to marry someone that will help us to remain in the will of God. Uh, we find that, that he's wanting uh, his, his son not to marry the Canaanites and those of the pagan lands. Uh, there's a lot of examples of this throughout Scripture. Uh, I think often of Samson. Uh, Samson, who was a man of God and had the Spirit of God upon him, and certainly did. A, uh, there's a great uh, uh, amount of criticism over Samson and the way he lived his life. But I want you to notice that God did use him, didn't He? And in fact, there was a time that the Philistines came to to try to fight Samson, and he had nothing to fight him with except the jawbone of an ass. The Bible says, and he reaches down and he picks up this jawbone. I don't know what the Philistine commander thought that day as one after another of his men fell from the jawbone that, that uh, Samson was flailing around. But he, I imagine he got to a certain point where he said, I didn't bring enough men. Uh, this isn't going to work. I mean, he's just, he's just laying my men out here. And the Philistine, if Samson wasn't afraid of the Philistines, and what the Philistines couldn't do, the wrong woman did. It took the blessing of God off of him and caused him to lose his sight, to lose his power as he married the wrong kind of woman, the wrong kind of a spouse. It's interesting to me that David, the man after God's own heart, the man of great character all through his life, his character, his testimony, all that he had stood for in his life fell in a moment. By marrying the wrong woman. It's very, very critical and very important that we teach our young people, our children, and our grandchildren. Well, I'll just, I'll just sow my wild oats and then I'll, then I'll settle down and do the things of the Lord. No, you can't do that. Well, you know, I, I don't think that God's ever going to put me in ministry. I don't think God's going to ever use me as a missionary. So really, I don't have to have the same standard for marrying as Others may have to have. No. The standard of marrying is still that you must marry rightly. There ought not to be an unequal yoking together. What fellowship hath light with darkness, the Bible says. And I want you to understand that Isaac is concerned about the wife that Jacob is going to marry. And I'm not out to bash women this morning. The same holds true the other direction, ladies. You better marry a man that's the right man, that's the godly man, the one that's going to lead the home spiritually, the one that's going to, to, to uplift you and draw you closer to the things of the Lord. 
And very, very important as Isaac comes to the end of his life and he begins to see that which is so important to Jacob. And he tells him, he says, I want you to go to your, uh, your mama's family and I want you to marry out of a family that's a godly family. I want you to marry out of a family that has God's blessing upon it. We come down to verse number 3 and we find not only was he concerned about the wife that Jacob was going to marry, but he was concerned that he draw close to the Lord. And this is interesting that Isaac does this. And he wants God to be Jacob's God. He doesn't want just eye service and knowledge of of God, and he doesn't want Jacob to go through a, a, a time of his life where he goes through the outward motions of following after God. He wants Jacob to, to cling to God and to know who God is. Now, I don't know where in the life of Isaac this, this, this thing that became so critical to him happened. We don't have it in Scripture. We don't have a verse that says at this point in Isaac's life it was the turning point for him. But I do know that at the beginning of Isaac's life that we have in Scripture that God is referred to as the God of his father. That God did the things for Isaac because of Abraham, for Abraham's sake. Remember that? But somewhere along the line, before we get to chapter 28, in the very end of Isaac's life, probably the last little bit he's going to have to talk to his son, somewhere along the line, the things of the Lord became important to Isaac. Aren't you glad we have a God that is a God of second chances and allows that to happen? I'll be honest with you. I've met people who were saved at a very young age, and I've met people that were saved at their deathbed. And you know God loved both of them just the same. God was willing to save both of them just the same. God was willing to use them for as long as they could just the same. Isaac gets to the place where he recognizes that this is not just the God of his father Abraham, but he realizes that this is the God of promise that has blessed his life. Remember when God told Isaac a few chapters ago and the famine was in the land? He said, don't go down to Egypt. He said, I want you to stay where you're at. And he stayed there and he dug wells, remember? And and the wells profited and the, the wells sprang up and God blessed it. And the Bible says that God blessed him on a hundredfold. God put his hand of blessing upon Isaac. And he gets to this place where he wants Jacob to know that this is, that this is God Almighty. Look what he says in verse 3. And God Almighty, and the, 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 the Hebrew name for God here is such that it deals with His power and His might. And, and it's expressed here when our King James translators translated it. The only thing they could say is God Almighty. He's Almighty. He's all-powerful. And it enraptures all of what God is. He, he has all control. He has everything in His hand. He is all-knowledgeable. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's got all of these things that are happening that, that God that makes up who God is. And Isaac says, Jacob, I want you to understand who this God is that we serve. He's not just my God. And He's not just the God of your grandfather Abraham. But Jacob, I want Him to be your God. I want you to recognize who He is. He's worried about Jacob's worship. He was worried about how Jacob views God. And he says, And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee. There's three things that he gives here. He says, I want you to have God's blessing. I want you to be fruitful, and I want, you to, I want God to make you fruitful, and I want God to multiply you. 
Can I tell you this, that the blessed life is always a fruitful life. When we have God's blessing on our life, it will always be a fruitful life. In fact, the unfruitful life is referred to in Scripture as the cursed life. Even folks, even in, even in childbearing, if a lady in the Bible could not bear children, it was looked at that, that there was a curse upon her or that God's finger was upon her, keeping her, her from having these children. It was looked as a negative thing. And, and I want you to understand this, that, that Isaac wanted there to be the fruit, but not just any fruit. He wanted it to be the fruit that, that was come about because of God's blessing in his life. And, and we, we, we certainly know now that we have the whole revelation of God in our Bibles and we know that God's given us this, we have the luxury of looking to the New Testament and seeing that there's a fruit that is produced in Christians, isn't it? That We call it the fruit of the what? The fruit of the Spirit. And, and this fruit, and, and so Isaac is saying, Jacob, I want, I want just not any fruit in your life. I want the fruit that God brings into your life. The, the God that we refer to as God Almighty. The one that's able to do anything in your life and exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think, that's the God I want to bring fruit into your life. And by the way, I think we can learn a lot from this, can't we? That there ought be fruit in our lives, but not just any fruit. We want the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? We don't want the works of the flesh. That was what we used to do. We don't want wrath and malice and anger and evil speaking and gossip those are the things we used to do. I've heard people say, well, you know, I just really struggle with this. No, no, no. You just don't have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You don't have the fruit that God longs in your life. Well, you know, I just really can't get a hold of my temper. Well, no, it's not, it's not a matter of that. You're not being controlled by the Spirit the way you should. You're not yielded to Him the way that you should be. You're not walking in the Spirit. You're not, you're not seeking for the things of God in your life. And so there ought to be fruit that is not just any fruit, but it's the fruit that God gives. And both our lives and Isaac was wanting this in the life of Jacob. And then I want you to notice also in verse number 3, he says, And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee. He wants his seed to be raised up as a godly seed. He wants there to be children that Jacob have that are not just any children, but that are children that follow the Lord. That his seed and his multiplication of his lineage be that which loves God and is, a blessed, is blessed of God. And can I tell you this, that we have one life to raise our children and to raise our homes, and we are to be turning out other people that are godly people. There ought to be, and you say, well, I don't have any children. Can I tell you this? You have influence on people in this world, though. And it's important that we multiply ourselves. That there be a godly influence that we take and we instill in someone else. That we help cause someone else to be drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And to have a love for Him and a passion for Him and a dedication for Him and a, a person that will seek after God. You know, we live in a day where there's not a lot of people who seek after God. They tolerate God when He is mentioned around them. They, they sometimes have a curiosity about God. But there are very, very few people in the day that we live that I look at and say, there's somebody who seeks for God. 
And Isaac is teaching Jacob some things and giving him some last thoughts. He says, I want this God Almighty that we serve. The one who is able to do it all. I want Him to bless you. I want Him to make you fruitful. I want Him to multiply thee. That thou mayest be a multitude of people. Notice this. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. Ezra, in the book of Ezra, Ezra prays a prayer. And he asks in that prayer for the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because at that time, that's all that Ezra knew to ask for the blessings of. But do you realize today that you and I have the privilege and the great joy not to ask for the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I don't want those. I want the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the truth of the matter is, I have the right to ask for God's grace, not because of my own merit, but because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for me. And I want to come to God and I want to say, God, I need grace for the sake of, not Abraham, and not for the sake of Isaac, not for the sake of Jacob. I want it for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want His blessings on my life. And I think there ought to be a desire and a drive and a purpose. We're, we're living in a world that has long lost a love and a drive for seeking after God. That has long lost the idea of seeking for the blessing of God upon their life. To say, I don't want just any blessing. I want the blessing of God. And Isaac, at the end of his life, tells Jacob, I want you to be blessed by God Almighty. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want to give the same blessing to you that God gave to my father Abraham and that same God to give you the same blessing as well. And then we find as we go down in verse number 5, and Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Pandarum unto Laban, son of Bethuel the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. I am thankful that Jacob, after all that he's been through, after as much of a trickster as he has been and a deceiver that he has been, and Jacob, I think we would all agree, is certainly a man of faults, isn't he? He has a lot of faults in his life. But he has sense enough to know that when his father asks him to give himself to a spiritual thought and a spiritual mindset, Jacob has enough sense to obey. Notice the Bible says in verse 5, And Isaac sent sent away Jacob, and he went. He went. Next week we're going to look at Bethel, and it's going to be exciting. Don't miss that one. Uh, God is starting to do something in Jacob's life. And I'm going to tell you this. When I first got saved, and when you first got saved, we were nothing like what God wanted us to be. And aren't you glad that there's some Bethels along the way where God begins to teach us and to build us and to grow us. And oh, we're going to look at some things next week. I'm excited about sharing them with you. We're going to take a minute here. I've got just a second or two left. I do want to look real quick at this in verse number 6. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Pandarum to take him a wife from thence, 
and that he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. And Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Pandarum. And Esau, notice this, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father. Then went Esau to Ishmael and took, took unto him unto the wives which he had, uh, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister and the sister of Nabajoth, to be his wife. It doesn't say that he took of this wife because he loved her. It said that he took of this wife. Why? Because he knew that it was going to displease Isaac. Young people that are in the room today, I, there's not a lot of us. Notice I put myself in that group. Can I tell you this? There never ought to come a time where we marry somebody or date somebody or hang around somebody to spite our parents and our upbringing. It will always lead to sorrow and discontent. Rather, I think we ought to try to look at the example that is given here as Isaac tells Jacob to go and marry rightly, to find the right one. I cannot express the importance of finding the right mate that God has for you. And I'll tell you this, you're not going to find them in the world. I've heard young people say, well, I'll, I'll help them get saved. And I think you ought to try to help somebody get saved. But that's no reason to marry them. Well, I'll help them become spiritual. And you'll help them become spiritual until they put a ring on your finger. And then they're going to step away from God and church having gotten you. And there's going to be nothing but sorrow in your life. There is no greater joy than marrying in the middle of God's will and seeking what God has for you. I say that because my daughter's sitting in the back of the room. Did you hear that one, Reagan? <laughs> I'm going to send this tape to my older daughter, too. I'm thankful God gives us some wonderful scripture to teach us things, aren't you? I just wish we weren't so hard-headed. The truth is we all are, aren't we? We all find some way to kick against the pricks. And oh, that we can learn from Scripture. All right. I didn't mean to go on there. We've got about 12 minutes or so till the main service. Thank you all for being here for Sunday school. Let's stand. If you're able, we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Father, we're thankful for your word. Pray that you'll